0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Brittany Renee Experience. I am super excited today. We have Rachel Veratimos with us. She is going to totally blow your mind on all things astrology. We're going to talk about women's empowerment, retreats and all of the good juiciness, but I'm going to toss it right over to you, Rachel, to introduce yourself and all of your magic.
1: Hi. Yeah, so I'm Rachel. I love helping people use astrology in an empowering way. Um, as opposed to a victim astrology way. This is something like I talk about a lot because I don't know about anyone listening on here or maybe even you, Brittany, but like I used to use astrology in a way where if I was looking at my astrology too much, I would just feel like crap. Like you just Hmm. feel poop. Have you ever felt that way? Like, have you gotten really into looking at it and then just felt like crap?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I actually am very grateful that I have astrologer friends so sometimes when I read things I'll be like tell me what this like really means because I might be totally filtering this in my own very big story way um so I'm very lucky I think that I might be the anomaly that like doesn't create the stories because I have the people to just be like what does this mean
1: yeah well so For anyone listening, I used to be that way where like, for example, I would scorn the pattern app. I don't know if anyone here has heard of the Pattern app. It's a great astrology app. It's one of my favorites. But I mean, like all apps, you can use them in a toxic way, specifically the apps, specifically anyone who's just telling you general horoscopes. And that's because they'll give you an answer, like their answer, their perception, and then you'll fit yourself into that box. And then often we'll get stuck in that box. And when we feel stuck in a box, we don't really feel expansive. We're not full of possibility. We're not thinking of what could happen, how we could grow We're thinking we're stuck. It's like fixed mindset versus growth mindset, right? Right. So it's really good that you had astrologer friends to reach out to, to question it, to like bring yourself outside of the box. But I know a lot of us, like me included, even when I was deep into self-development work, like when you're in a hole, that's typically when we grab astrology. Right. Right. And that's not really the energy you want to grab astrology from anyways, unless you know how to use it in an empowering way. Like I know before we even just got on here, we were talking um, you're like, oh, my brain. And like, I can con- concur that I feel a little like misty, like dreamy like kind of like i got it oh wait i've lost it like energy today and it was so funny when you said that because that's literally the astrology today and so like i like to use astrology in like a self-acceptance of how can we best work with this energy type way like and what's my best possibility for this energy so the astrology today for example we have our moon in pisces which is this very um, confusing energy. Pisces can be very confusing because it's open to everything. Mm. It feels all the emotions and it sees and feels all of the things. And like, how confusing is that to have everything and have no boundaries between your emotional world and other people's. And not only that, but it's conjunct, it's ruling planet, which is Neptune, which doesn't happen. This is like rare. This is a rare conjunction which is basically means Neptune, which is the planet that rules all things Pisces. It's like no boundaries, self-sacrifice, like feeling all the feelings, delusional in the positive and the negative way. It is literally joining forces with the moon today. So it's like extra foggy energy, this extra confusing energy. Um, And then it's also squaring the sun, which what that means is the sun is who we are. It's how we see ourselves. Wow. And you have a square, it causes challenges. So we're not seeing ourselves correctly. Like we're feeling a little confused in our direction. Um, and so like knowing that when you know astrology, you can just be like, okay, my brain's being funky today, but you can bring some self-acceptance to that. And with Piscean energy, for example, like the best thing you can get out of Piscean energy is to lean into the possibility is to lean into the daydream and allow the delusion to carry you on. You might get with some reality because that happens. Right. But like that's the best way to deal with Piscean Neptunian energy. And so like, that's one of the ways in which I love to use astrology to find self-acceptance in the moment, but also like let's say something horrible happens in your life and you're like, crap, like my whole life is over and you just want to go in. So the toxic way would be going into the astrology hole and then probably looking at the forecast and it says, you're probably a piece of shit right now. Like, you know how like forecast can make you feel Mm. you're a piece of shit right now, or like you're probably going through (laughs) it or, um, this is just who you are. And so then you could go deeper into the hole, which I know I used to do. And then I would spend hours on apps, just trying to convince myself of the worst case scenario for some reason. Um, Whereas when you understand, I like, especially like when you understand the astrology or when you um, listen to people who don't tell you how it is, but offer energies, kind of like how I just did, like explained the energy and then the positive vibration of it it allows you to move forward in a more empowered way. Um, And then also when shit hits the fan, it could be like, oh, I look at my astrology or maybe you're working with me one-on-one and you're like, Rachel, shit just hit the fan. Like, can you tell me what's going on? And maybe I can tell you, well, your biggest wound is being itched in the sky right now. And so this is your opportunity to bring love and healing to it. And, you know, when you can use astrology as like this, Uh, guiding posts to grow and become your best self. To me, like it's changed my life the fastest. It's how I've started my business and gained a lot of success in my business. It's how I've gained more success in my relationships and my friendships. It helps me understand other people in my life. It helps me understand my clients. It helps me understand when a client won't listen to me and understand how to work with a client better because maybe they have Uranus conjunct their Mercury, which Uranus is this rebellious planet that doesn't want to be told what to do. It's like, F you don't tell me what to do. I'm going to go my own way. And when it's right next to the planet that rules your thinking and communication, and it merges energies with that, like you can't tell that person what to do. You're better off asking questions and having them tell themselves what to do. Right. Um, Right. So like understanding that being able to see a client's chart or your friend's chart or your boyfriend's chart and like understand them better can also help you have a better, more impactful relationship with them.
0: I love that. So I'd love to know because you're obviously just like a wealth of knowledge in this, which is so beautiful. What led you to astrology? Like where did this click for you that you're like, this is it. This is what I'm going to help bring to the world.
1: Well, you want to know It's so funny. Um, you met me through my partner, Ryan, right? And when I first met Ryan, I remember he was like, oh, it's because I'm an Aries and blah, like just explaining things about himself. Like we worked with each other at a dispensary. This is like six years ago. And I was like, oh, my God, did he really just say it's because he's an Aries? Like I literally cringed inside <laughs> because I did not used to believe in astrology. Like I thought it was B oh,
0: wow. OK, I love this. I love this Back. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So I secretly like judged people a little bit (laughs) because I'm a Taurus, I'm very grounded, I'm very practical. And so like earth signs, earth energies, we need the evidence, we need the proof, we need to see the tangible shit, you know? Like show me, show me in real life, (laughs) you know? So anyways, fast forward three years after I'm judging Ryan and I get my first astrology reading and I had just started my business. And as anyone... Who just starts their business, especially in coaching, because it was like blowing up in the beginning of 2020. It was hard. It was not easy to get clients at that time from me because you're at a new business. I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, and I haven't even really picked a niche yet. <laughs> like I'm just coaching randomly. So I get this reading, and this woman starts telling me about my past life. And throughout her telling me about my past life, she was like, yeah. You worked for these really wealthy, powerful people and you traveled from, oh, the first thing she said to me was, you've been traveling a lot this year, right? Which was really strange to hear because it's 2020 when no one's
0: traveling. And
1: I had been traveling a lot. I was
0: traveling a ton in 2020.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like some people were, like the rare few were, but for her to say that to me, I was like, how did she, that was the first thing of like, how did she know that? And then that's when she said, oh, you're returning to your past life where you worked for these powerful Mm -hmm. people and you traveled from place to place and you set up art schools and institutions and whatever you told them to do to set it up, they would listen to you and they'd set you up with all these nice things. And I had been attending a lot of retreats through my travels in 2020. Like I had gone to like, I don't know, probably like at least four at that point. And I decided what she said meant I could host a retreat. Something mm-hmm. in me, I just had loved attending retreats so much that year. And it was a dream to host one, but who was I to host one, you know? Mm-hmm. And something about what she said, I was like, well, if this was me in my past life, why can't I do it in this life? I'm Because right? I'm probably really gifted at it. So I took what she said and I rolled with it and I manifested my first retreat. I like wrote about it in past tense as if it had already happened. I read it to every coach friend I had met that year. So I read it to like 20 people and it just felt like it was already happening. And so in a month I sold out that retreat with 14 people. I put it on my mom's credit card initially because I didn't have a credit card and I didn't have money. I was able to pay her back within the month um, and it was one of the best things I had ever done in my life. Mm. Like it was so impactful and went so well um, that I immediately hosted my second one. And I went on to host like six retreats in two years.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah. And it became what I was known for because I was naturally good at it. And it was when I realized that I'm like, Oh my God, there's like something to this astrology. Like I would have never thought of myself to host a retreat. I would have never had the confidence I would have, it's delusional
0: to think that I could do that. At you that love moment. Delulu over here at the Britney right? Experience.
1: <laughs> but like, to me, that's what astrology helps you do is it helps you be delusional. And so after that, I was hooked and I'm kind of the person who, when I get hooked on something, it's the only thing I think about from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. And so I've just been astro- studying astrology And then learning every person in my life's chart. And then I just, everyone's kind of, some people are a little creeped out by me because I'll memorize your chart the second you give it to me. Not out of a creepy way, but because I'm instantly like running experiments in my brain. Because again, I'm a Taurus, I like proof. I'm like, all right, does this work with this person? Do they show up this way? And I'll literally just start noticing things or asking them questions. Um, And it, it was really real. Like I realized after the last... I got into it a couple years ago. So the last two and a half years was just 12 hours of research every single day from, again, the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. And I was like, this shit is real. And um, I started incorporating it at my retreats a lot more. And it was really impactful for everyone there. It was one of the most impactful things I did at my retreats. And now I'm just going full force into it where I just do like one-on-one astrology coaching. and
0: um, And yeah, that's how I got into it. I love that so much. Yes. For those of you that are listening and or watching uh, Ryan actually is going to be on the podcast. I think next week we've got him on the books too. So you guys will have a back-to-back little dose of this duo that has so much magic. So I'm, I'm very intrigued by birth charts. I actually had mine read. This was last summer, I think. And my partner at the time also had, I raved about the reading. So it's just like, oh my goodness, this like, just clicked so many things for me. And he's like, well, I want to know, like, I want to know. And so then I reached out to this girl and I'm like, can you also read him? And she's like, yeah. And I can also do like a double or I don't know what you call it, but you like put the charts together to kind of read the the partnership. And it's so interesting because what was read did come into play. But what she read astrologically was going to kind of happen is not what's been happening at all. We're now like separated all of these things. And it's been an interesting like back and forth in my mind of like what messed up or what didn't work. Right. And I thought about that astrology read and I actually went back and rewatched it. And it's so amazing to me what our minds will do, right? Like how we'll take like the experience, we'll be like, well, this is what it was. And then I come back into it with a very neutralized mind at this point. And I'm like, okay, so certain aspects had to click in certain places for us to really move through this density that was there. And it was a lot of inner work on each of our sides. And so it's so beautiful to me to see like birth charts to me are Chinese. Like, I don't understand it. I'm like, I can't tell you where anything. I can tell you I'm Aquarius, I'm Scorpio rising. And that's what I know. (laughs) I'm like, past that? No idea. And it's something that like, I have wanted to learn more about. And especially watching and following you now on social media, you'll say something and it'll be like, this means this. And I'm like, that's so cool. And then I'll get distracted and I'll be like, I I need to go back to my chart. So this is just so fascinating to me because I think that the ability to use astrology as a tool and as a modality to live your most authentic, aligned, you know, inner standing of your life is so incredible. And I'd be interested to hear like the relationship side of it, because I know you've talked about how you've kind of utilized this within relationships. So I'd love for you to kind of expand on that, because that's for me something that I'm like, this is fascinating. I want to know all about this. I want to know I'm probably going to hire you to do my chart because I'm like, I want to know more. And the chart that I had read, we had taken it from a perspective of business because I was really in my new launch of my rebrand of the business. And I'm like, I want to know all the things. So I didn't learn the depth about like my own stuff that I would really like to learn. Side note.
1: Yeah. I mean, with astrology, there's like so many directions you could go. So it makes so much sense that you didn't get to learn the other stuff because you could probably spend like years on just the career part of your chart, you know? Um, yeah. So when you bring two people's charts together, it's called sinistry. Yes. Yeah. A sinistry reading. So I'll give a little story about how it's helped me. I'll do like a friendship one and then maybe we could do like a romantic relationship one too, because I've realized it's helped both sides of the relationship. So this is one of the reasons I love memorizing all my friends' charts, um, because it helps me have compassion for them, for myself, to understand. Because where- the thing is, is whenever we get into an argument with someone, it's because we are both right, but coming from two different worlds.
0: Exactly. Like- <laughs>
1: You know, and it doesn't mean that the other person's a piece of shit or you're a piece of shit. Like literally just two different worlds. And so that's how I love to use astrology is to see where we're coming from two different worlds. And where can we meet in the middle? Where can I bring understanding to help me grow? Because I'm not here to change anyone. I'm just here to grow and be my best self and be mm-hmm. non-judgmental and be accepting and to allow my life to unfold and hopefully the highest possible way, but I'm down for whatever, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, so I had this friend over the summer. Um, she's one of my best friends. She's an Aries. Most of my friends and partners have been Aries or fire signs. Cause your Venus sign is your love language. And my Venus is an Aries. Mm-hmm. So I love Aries energy. Like that's just what I'm attracted to. So The thing with my friend uh, who I got into a fight with, her Venus is an Aquarius and um, she can be a little detached emotionally because it's also in the fourth house, which can rule the the heart. So she can be detached from the heart a little bit um, when we have conversations. And we had this, I was visiting her, There was a lot of like high tension because I was visiting her during a time when I knew she had just had a lot of people at her house. And I know she loves her alone time, Venus and Aquarius in the fourth house, like separate herself from everyone else. She wants to be in her home. She wants to detach and she doesn't want anyone around her sometimes, even though she loves friends. And so before I got there, I was like, are you sure you want me there? Like you just had all this. And she kept saying, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. I get there. Sure. Shit ends up being a problem after a few days. Like she can't hold in her emotions. And she like, and then it causes tension between us where I'm really sensitive. I have a Pisces moon and I'm like, well, like, why are you being mean? Like I double checked with you. And it built up all this tension throughout the week where the last day she said something very, very mean to me that I couldn't even like it's, oh, I'm usually very vulnerable and will express, oh, that hurt my feelings when you said that. But at that point, when she said the mean thing, it felt like she had, I'm not, without going too much into the story, it felt like she had broken trust from a conversation we had like a day before around a similar topic where we were mm-hmm. also COVID fighting and I was upset. So I end up leaving and it's just like, I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to be friends with this bitch again. <laughs> like, like oh. I literally like drive home from Virginia and- I'm just like fuming at the ears and I get home and I would just like say to myself, I'm cutting her out of my life, but I'm also a Taurus. So like, am I really going to cut her out of my life? I will likely try again (laughs) because you know, as a Scorpio rising, I'm a Taurus son and we loyal, you know, (laughs) we
0: are loyal to a fault sometimes.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) a month goes by where I'm not really talking to her and I'm in my feels and you know, after a couple of weeks, I kind of calmed down and my friend who lives near my best friend who we had this blow up fight with was like, yeah, like uh, says my friend's name, we'll call her Chris, for example. Yeah, Chris is saying all these nice things about you, how she just supports you in your business so much and she doesn't even know you're mad at her. And in that moment, I had this realization of like, oh, her Aquari, her Venus is in Aquarius And her Mars is also an Aquarius, which is like how you fight. She's detached. She doesn't understand. And I'm a Pisces moon, which feels all the feelings. Like she, it was in that moment that I had this understanding of, it's not that she meant to be this horrible quote unquote bitch to me. And it's really just the fact that she had no idea she hurt my feelings. And I never told her that last time. Mm. And so I reached back out to her because I always want to build more depth in a relationship. Like I rather yeah. not, right? Like that builds more depth. That's how you build a stronger relationship. Yes. And so I reached out to her and I started the conversation by being like, hey, I said exactly what I just said. I want to have depth within our relationship. And like, I want to explain to you that I was really mad at you and about to cut you out of my life. And this is why I was mad. And I understand because your Venus is an Aquarius and like, you're not always Um, You don't always realize what you say can be hurtful. And I just wanted to express to you that this is how I'm feeling, but I want us to be friends and I want to move through this. And she obviously took that really well, because I feel like when you understand people and you see them and you don't blame them then they can see your side better. And to me, that's like an example of how I like to utilize astrology to understand and see other people and not project any blame onto them, but take my self-responsibility and express how I feel. Kind of like, have you read that book? uh, What is it? Nonviolent Communication?
0: Mm, I haven't read it, but I have heard about it, yes. Yeah. You know, and I think that's such a beautiful share. So thank you for sharing that. I have a very dear friend and i actually know nothing about her astrology so now like as i'm hearing this story i'm like i'm intrigued to know what she is because we had a very similar energy where we had a circle of friends that everybody kind of broke off from each other except for the two of us and um she still had some connections to the old group through work that she was finalizing and there was kind of some i would say distaste energy just looming around all of that. And I had made some comments on some social media posts and she, (laughs) I totally was not coming at all from this being like, I'm trying to be bitchy. I'm trying to attack. I'm trying to like, there was nothing. I was just, it was just what was coming through me. And she sent me this message and she was like, I actually can't have these conversations and comments about any of this because it's really affecting me. And like, I don't want that to be like crisscrossing and us. And like, I love you and I want our relationship to be good. And it kind of threw me because I was like, wow, that wasn't my intention at all. And I've done so much work, I think, internally, just in my own space that I didn't take it personally, but I looked at it and I was like, witnessing this, this, this is interesting. You know, like I, number one, really appreciate that my friends know they can come to me and just like call me up on whatever it is. But also it was so interesting for me to kind of check myself in this like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that could even be taken like that. So it expanded my awareness in a way that's been a total gift, right? So I love hearing like the connections with the astrological things here. So now again, I'm like super intrigued to be like, "Hmm, what is her? What are our, you know, placements that we play in? And I have a lot of Aquarius. So this makes a lot of sense to me (laughs) too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well then like from, um, it's, well, it's so interesting that you're in Aquarius. I had another situation with Kim where it was like at my retreat where I had to like shut down something she said, and she has no idea. And I think that happens with a lot of Aquarius placements is they just like, they don't want, Aquarius also doesn't want to deal with the bullshit in the drama. They're not in the bullshit in the drama. And so like, it, it probably just doesn't register for them, you know, <laughs> it's just not
0: registered, but like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's it's so wild it's and it's you know i think that that is such a key to compassion though you know it's like really whether you're looking at it astrologically or however you want to view it understanding that what we may think people are attempting to do or come off as may be so far from that truth for that person you know and for whatever reason that is and i would say you know when i think about myself i'm like i feel like i'm really loving and i'm really you know like i attach and And in some ways I do, but there are other spaces and it's really a lot in my business. I'm very like business, like it is just very, this is how it is. This is how we move, you know, and with my clients, I'm very vulnerable and very soft. But when I'm in any other business transaction or handling business endeavors, I'm just, I think, very to the point and very what some people might feel is like forward or brash or like, this is just, you know, what we're doing. This is how this goes. Um, And I've had people say, you know, your energy is so so big in business things sometimes it's intimidating and I've also heard that in my romantic relationships and I'm like I need to know more about all of this.
1: Well I'm just so curious about your whole chart now and like it could be the Scorpio rising the Scorpio rising can be very like cutting because Scorpio is ruled by Mars and Mars can be very like Mars literally cuts things. (laughs) (laughs) Like it can like sever relationships, it can sever things, it can cut things out, but it's also passion, you know? Um, so a thousand percent. That's the thing, is exactly in the way you just described it, is how astrology can help us have compassion for other people in ourselves and more understanding and to not take things so freaking personally. Um, like another thing is is in my romantic relationship, for example, and can you hear that in the background? Okay, good. Uh, in my romantic relationship, for example, my partner Ryan has a Virgo moon and he's a Virgo rising. Now, something that brings him a lot of comfort and makes him feel good and makes him feel helpful and makes him feel useful is being able to solve problems for other people, to be of service mm-hmm. to other people. That's his Virgo moon, Virgo rising. For a long time, I got really mad when he would try to solve my problems. <laughs> I would like... Be like, rawr, like, who do you think you are, you know? Yeah. And maybe not express how I didn't want him to solve my problems in the nicest way. But when I learned astrology and realized like, oh, this is like partly what gives him emotional security and comfort and like is like, it's like motherly. It's, it feels good for him to do this it allowed me to allow more of that balance into our relationship where now I will ask him to help me with certain things. I still hold my boundaries when I don't want help with certain things. Like we have that conversation, but I will actively make a point to be like, can you help me figure this out? And oh my God, the first time I asked him that, he got so excited. He said, (laughs) finally, like he literally said that.
0: (laughs) I love that so much and and i think that's so beautiful you know i think being able to like for me which i just sent you my chart by the way so we can talk <laughs> about things yeah. later but for me it's such a love language when i'm witnessed for being able to serve because it's so embedded in me to serve my partner that i'm like when that is witnessed it makes me jump for joy i'm like i'm totally and even in my friendships like when i'm able to utilize what I love and what fires me up and serve my, my people that I love. It's just the best thing. It's a true love language for me.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Now I'm curious if you have like Virgo or sixth house, you said you just sent me your chart.
0: I did. Yeah. You know, and it's, um, I'd love to also kind of share with anyone that is listening. What, how would people kind of dive into this and get started? Cause I know for me, like, it's definitely intimidating. It's definitely like very, there's so much here that I feel like I don't know that I'm like, where do I start? Right. Obviously coming to someone like you who can share and all of that, but you know, what are kind of the initial steps for people to start to learn all of this and their placements? Like, is there a website for them to get their chart? Is it easier to get it from a practitioner and have it broken down? Like what is the pathway for people who are listening to this? And they're like, I want to know all of these things.
1: Okay, I think there are a couple ways you can go about this. The thing is, is that there are are so many layers to astrology. So it depends how deep you want to go. You can start by just pulling up your birth chart on, I don't know, any app like astro.com. I like to use time passages too. You can download the time passages app on your phone. Actually, I think that would be the best place to start. Download time passages on your phone put in your birth information and what it will do is it will tell, give you the chart. It'll give you a picture of the chart and then it will give you a breakdown of all of your planets and what how and what signs Zodiac signs and houses they're in, which I can explain that to what, to whatever, to everyone, if they want to know what that means, listening to this in a second. Um, but it will explain all of that, all about each of your, uh, Planets, your houses, your signs, and then it will tell you aspects made and kind of break down the energies in your chart. Now, don't take what time passages says as a grain of salt. I'm a big fan of like, look at your time passages, see what planets are in what signs and what houses, and then go on YouTube and like search a YouTube video around that planet and sign and house. So for example, if your Mars is in Leo in the 10th house, like... Go on YouTube University or just YouTube. I call it YouTube. (laughs) Go on YouTube and search Mars and Leo, and you could find a million videos and just listen to it. And I want and just start thinking about, like, how does this fit into who I am? Mm. And listen to the low vibe of that placement and the high vibe of that placement. Start to notice, like, where do I show up? Maybe not as my best self in that placement. Where am I showing up as my best self? And I think that's a really great way to start to get to know your chart on your own. Um, but also I think it's like, again, I said, I didn't really get into astrology and change my life with astrology until I got a reading. So if you get an actual specific reading, um, it's way different than what you read on time passages. Like, I think when people read their charts specifically from an app, that's when people get, it's easier to get into victim astrology because you don't have all the context and you're trying to fit it to your life when there's so many different ways it could fit to your life. Um, and you know, not all astrologers are made equal either. Like I'm a really big fan of like, I'm not going to tell you who you are. I'm going to ask you questions based on what I see in your chart. And I'm going to make you tell me Mm. because if I try to tell you who you are. It stops your creation. It stops your intuition. It stops you from evolving in that very moment. Whereas when I see you have a certain placement in your chart and I ask you, like, I'll, I'll frame it in that energy or something of like, oh, like, interesting. Like, did you have an, like, what was your relationship with your mother? Like, like, if, like, were you um, separated from her at some point? Like, did she have mental health uh, disorders? Mm. Like, did you spend a lot of time alone from her? Like, what, like anything along that energy, ring a bell. And then they'll literally tell me their specific mm. story. And just saying a few key words allows them to be like, where did this energy fit into my life? And then they tell me it. So that's why I was saying before, if you do look up your chart on time passages, then go on YouTube and listen to a bunch of different videos on that placement and see how it fits with you. Don't Mm. take anyone with a grain of salt. Um, But yeah, I would say those are the best ways to start learning your birth chart.
0: I love that. Yeah, I actually have pattern my friends like for the last two years have been like do you have the pattern app and they'll like send me screenshots of things like I have it and sometimes it will pop up but I do think you know I did have an experience with pattern that I was kind of like I don't really love the energy of like some of this and so I think that's more times than not why I've ended up deleting that app but I'm gonna have to download the time passages one because I haven't haven't seen that but YouTube is great I mean, YouTube. There's just so many different people because we are in this great awakening right now that are coming into their gifts. And I think sometimes it's also nice to have that reflection, though. You know, I just had a consult before we hopped on here with someone who's like, my gifts are super developed. I'm really in tune with who I am. And I still feel like even though I have the answers within me, that it could help me to have a mentor, and I'm like, a hundred percent, like we can do so much on our own, but we all have blind spots. We're all still human. And the perspectives that people who like you, this is your niche. Like, this is what you do. You're going to be able to give me so much more gold and depth than I would be able to do by myself because YouTube random readings are only going to do so much. Right. Mm-hmm. So you guys, if you are listening and you're connecting with Rachel's energy, her links will be below. So you can connect with her and Find all about you and the astrology and get the empowered version, which I just think also this is so beautiful and something that's not talked about enough. Like you're actually the first person I've ever heard say like, oh, yeah, you can have like these negative or lower vibrational experiences with astrology. And I'm like, well, yeah, you can. I've never thought about that. So I'm so glad that you're like bringing this to light.
1: Yeah, it's a really big deal for me because I it's like, because I, I know the contrast of being in the dark side of it. And I now know I will never ever go back there because it's, mm-hmm. it's just like how any strength on, in anyone can also be a weakness. Yes. If we learn the strength, like lean into the strength and F anyone who sees it as a weakness, because <laughs> like every strength has a weakness, everything has a double-edged sword. Right truly can like help change your life. Like I have a client, for example, who she was just messaging me yesterday. She's like, I've had the biggest quantum leaps of my life. Like, she's like, I don't even know what's happening. I never knew I could like integrate this much this quickly. And it was only because she, okay. So she like, she's had like relational things, right? Where she has the same pattern in relations where they get really intense and like, it's like they give her all this love and affection and then they take it away. And then it's like this blow up relationship where then she leaves and it's like, it's kind of like this weird uh, relationship dynamic. And at our last session, there was this one new person that's in her life that she's been having this, it's like the relationship dynamic she always has, but like 10 times, it's like intensified. And, um, so we had a conversation and I could see her blind spot, but if I just told her her blind spot, it was kind of like going over her head and she was going back to complaining about the situation. So what I did was I, we looked at her chart and she was telling me about how, when she was a kid, her dad and her grandfather, cause she was saying how she always wants affection. Like she needs the affection when people take it away, that's when it blows up. So she was saying when she was a kid, her dad and grandfather always told her, you're so beautiful. You're going to be amazing. You're this, you're a superstar, you're blah, blah, blah. And so she learned that she's all those things, but she also learned that like love is telling someone that Mm -hmm. love is telling someone that and not taking it away. Right. And so when she would go into these relationships, actually, I looked at her, so I looked at her birth chart. And in her birth chart, her South Node, which speaks to your past life in astrology, kind of like what I talked about in the beginning of this episode, was in Leo, which Leo is the king, queen, like, tell me I'm pretty, uh, South Node, which makes sense. A lot of, if you don't believe in past lives, your South Node is also who you were as a child, like, kind of like what you were deep into when you were younger. So the South Node is also when you went so far into that area that you became a little wounded. So mm. she went so far into the needing the affection and thinking she's great and like it also rules the ego like her ego got kind of big and it needed it that now in this lifetime when he takes that affection away he's literally uh punching the wounded part of her south node and so when Within, When you have a south node, you also have a north node, which is in the exact opposite sign. So the north node to her is Aquarius. It's the exact opposite sign of Leo. So to transcend her south node, she's supposed to move towards her north node. It's like her north star. She's supposed to be more Aquarian. So she's supposed to transcend her ego and be about how can she better humanity? How can she be Mm. detached from what other people have to say about her and detached from her ego, but be about how can I move forward in this empowered humanitarian way. And when I explained that to her, um, it like clicked something in her where she realized, Oh, I get to transcend this situation. Like I get to rise above. And she did. And Oh, and another point is in your birth chart, you have something called the vertex. When you meet people, uh during transits to your vertex which only happens certain times throughout the year these people can change your life forever we looked mm-hmm. at her chart she had met this man at her vertex so th- these people who change your life forever that you meet at your vertex they push you so far out of your comfort zone that they push you towards your destiny so mm-hmm. it was just like a double down reason for her to rise above her own ego and be about how can i transcend my ego and think about him and like literally she like is like, I'm not, I'm never going back to that relational pattern again. Cause she sees it so clearly now. So like when you, that's like, to me, that's astrology. Like that's why astrology is so important and getting okay. readings are so important, important and having someone be able to talk it through with you is so important.
0: I love that, you know, and it's always interesting to me because now I used to, when I was very first, you know, in my awakening and spiritual journey, I would read my horoscope. Right. I was like, this is just what we do. And I always was into like Cosmo magazine when I was younger. So it was like, you know, the horoscopes in Cosmo. And I really veered away from it because I started feeling like it's not actually aligned when I was coming into like really aligned with who I was as a soul and as a spiritual being, these like Aquarian horoscopes, like sometimes would hit and other times I'm like, that's not at all resonant. And So I kind of let that, you know, go by the wayside. And then as I then had astrology, kind of an astrologist friend start looping in, I was then learning all these other aspects and the depth of astrology. And I'm like, oh, so like just me being Aquarius doesn't necessarily mean all of these are going to hit for me because I have all these other things in different places and houses. And I would love for you to kind of explain. So for people who are watching or listening, they can kind of come back into this and look at their chart. And then you can explain just a little bit more of like, what does each house mean? So maybe they understand like, oh, I want to know about my relationships. What house is that or what? I don't even know if I'm speaking the right language here. But <laughs> um, I'd love for you to kind of run down what the houses just mean. So people listening can kind of come back and refer to like, oh, okay, this is that. Um, but you know, for me, it's been so interesting to learn not only about me as quote Aquarius, but all of these other parts, right? Because it's like my whole focus was tunnel visioned on I'm an Aquarius. But now I'm like, oh no, like I actually identify a lot with Scorpio and a lot of things. And there's other placements I have as well. And then seeing in friendships and partnerships from the pattern, it's hilarious because my prior partner, so he was Leo, I'm Aquarius. And it was like the entire, like what you just spoke, (laughs) entire relationship was like There's so much love, but they, I mean, we are, you want to talk about different worlds. Like I am like the etheric goddess, we're in authenticity, we're in the spiritual realm and he is like embedded in the patriarchy and he's spiritual, but still very stuck to old belief systems and patterns. And it was just this constant, like, are we gonna, like, are you going to transcend up into this space? Like, are we going to let that ego die? Because I can only come down here for so long, right? Like I can't be in that space. So you know, even just hearing that, I'm like sitting here and I'm (laughs) reflecting, and I was like, "Well, that's interesting."
1: (laughs) Oh, astrology strikes again! It like the thing (laughs) is, I'm like the experiment after experiment. It's true; it's a real thing. Uh, Yeah, we can definitely go through all the houses. So it's so fascinating that you just said that you really identify with Scorpio because Scorpio is your ascendant, your rising sign which means Scorpio rules your first house. So it starts off your, um, your Zodiac wheel at the first house with Scorpio ruling it. So your first house is your identity, how you see yourself. (laughs) Makes sense. It's your persona. Um, It is how we learn to be, to survive in the world as a child. Mm. So you know, for example, if you're a Scorpio rising, then sometimes if you're a Scorpio rising, you learn to protect yourself, you learn to not, um sometimes they've had trauma when they were younger, and so they learn to protect themselves and not trust everyone, but they're also really good at getting other people to tell them their secrets. It's like, I'll know all your secrets, but I'm not going to tell you mine, you know, type thing, um, but you know they can be vulnerable and open. Like, I'm not going to say that they're not going to open up at all. Depends what else is in their chart. But like you, you typically it's so deep seated, your rising sign, because it's how you learn to survive in the world. Mm. I'm a Libra rising and my mom all through growing up always told me to consider other people. What did other people think and ask other people questions. And that's Libra is about other people. (laughs) So your rising sign is how you... Are, it's so deeply ingrained on how you learn to survive. It's how you look, it's your physical appearance, it's your body. So you can usually guess who, what people's signs are and it's usually a mix of their sun sign and their rising sign. But sometimes you can most accurately see the rising sign when you first meet them.
0: Interesting.
1: Um, so that's the first house. The first house is typically ruled by Aries. Aries typically starts off the zo- the zodiac wheel, but because you're a Scorpio rising, Scorpio rules your first house. Yeah second house is traditionally associated with Taurus. So imagine like Taurus themes. But if you're a Scorpio rising, then Sagittarius rules your second house because Sagittarius comes after Scorpio. So do you see the Zodiac?
0: Interesting. Okay. Yes.
1: Zodiacs move in the sky, whereas the houses stay and then different Zodiacs line up with different houses and then they rule that house. So the second house is your material possessions, your financial security, how you make income, it's your self worth it's skills you build to create income mm. um it's how you nourish yourself, so sometimes when people have like interesting second house placements, like maybe they have Scorpio and Pluto in the second house, like that could be like an eating disorders because Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth and transformation in second house. Could have how you nourish yourself. Like you could go through a lot of transformation with that. Um, third house is your siblings, your extended family, like your like your aunts, your uncles. It's also your local community. So if you go to the bar and you interact with the bartender, that's a third house thing. Third house (laughs) rules, small business. Third house rules, how you think, how you communicate, content you put out on social media. Like what we're doing right now is a third house thing. Um, It also could be an 11th house thing, which we'll get into the 11th house in a second. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, that's the third house. Like, so think of the area of your life that rules thinking, communication, content, writing, and then connecting with your local network or like local family. But the fourth house is your ancestry. It's your actual family. It's like your deep roots. It also rules your heart. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that sense of love that comes from you. Um, it rules also home and real estate and like home cooking and comforts. It's the house that's associated with cancer um, most closely. Um, so if people have a lot of fourth house placements, it's also a very private house. It's the house that not a lot of people see. It's very personal to you. So sometimes if people have a lot of fourth house placements, there are more private people. They're more personal or maybe they're into real estate or maybe they're like really big homemakers or maybe they're like really attached to their family and roots um it's also like your emotional emotional inner world and landscape so think about if you go to therapy that can be a fourth house thing because you're working on your emotional world if you go to coaching it could be a fourth house thing um the fifth house so the fifth house is traditionally associated with Leo rules confidence self-expression the ego. Um, Look at me. I'm a star. But it's also like pleasure and what we find joy in and our hobbies and our creativity and sports. And it can mm. also be gambling. Um, Fifth House can also include entrepreneurship because it's kind of like wild and gambly and fun and doing what you like to do type thing. Uh, the fifth house can also be associated with the father sometimes because it's associated with Leo, which the son rules Leo. So the sun typically, um, if you have like a normal zodiacal wheel, the sun usually uh rules your fifth house. If you're in Aries rising, the sun will be ruling your fifth house, which is the sun is associated with Leo. The next house is the sixth house. So you might be getting that each of these houses are an area of your life. So it's describing an area of your life. So whatever sign you have ruling, that house is describing the energy in which you um do that area of life. So for you, um, oh, hold on. Next I'm going to the sixth house, which Aries would rule your sixth house as a Scorpio rising. So I'll talk about the sixth house and I'll talk about Aries ruling this, the sixth house and what that would maybe look like. So the sixth house is the next house. This is the house of your work, your daily routines, your health. It's also this house of self-improvement of like always needing to fine tune and perfect and get better and better. It also can rule organization. It's the practical things you need to do in life to be healthy, to have a house, to have money, to have work, to work. Um, it can roll rental properties. It can roll employees. It can roll your coworkers. Um, it's one of the more malefic houses, because if you have a lot of six house placements, like it's going to give you something that you need to work on or you're going to like because it needs to improve. So maybe you'll be sick and it will make you really focus on your health you know, or maybe it makes you poor and it makes you work a lot. It's the house of working, but being of service and not the house of making a ton of money, but working service, being of service to others. So for you, if we have Aries ruling the sixth house, you want to be of service in like a leadership way. You want to be a trailblazer. You're going to be bold about it. Um, You're going to be, uh Aries can be kind of like that crusader energy too of like, yeah. <laughs> this is like like come on like we just got to do this like let's go like type thing um a self-starter like Aries um will go to the gym because sixth house rules health and Aries will probably like work out really hard at the gym and like be like Rah! and like you know so that's Aries yeah. ruling the sixth house so do we get it it's like the zodiac sign that rules the house flavors that area of your life
0: makes sense
1: the seventh house is the house of your one-to-one relationships. It's the house of other people in your life. Um, so it's not just your romantic partnerships. It's called, it's traditionally the house of marriage, the first marriage, but just marriage in general. Um, it tri- typically rules your business partners, like your best friends, your um, clients. Clients can be a one-to-one relationship, like seventh house, Your again, your romantic partnerships. It could be if you have, this is where it could be both houses. If you have a neighbor that you have these interactions with a lot, like the neighbor is your third house, but the interaction that you have, like maybe on a daily day-to-day basis, maybe you guys help each other cook or bake, or like you you share a lot of things with each other. That's a seventh house interaction, like a one-to-one interaction. Uh, Seventh house is also the house of open enemies. Because like, think about this, if you break up with someone, they might become your open enemy. It's not like you guys are openly battling it out. But like typically, if we break up with people, we don't talk to them again or like you have a bad taste in your mouth about them. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not an open enemy, Um, but it can also be it's also ruled by Libra. So it's the house that wants fairness and balance. So it can rule contracts as well. Mm-hmm. Um All right, we'll move to the eighth house. So the eighth house is most traditionally associated with Scorpio. So it rules death, rebirth, transformation, um, psychology, intuition, the occult. Um, So it's funny when you said, forget if it was before we started this, you're like, you can talk about the taboo things. That's Scorpio rules the eighth house. It's like a Scorpio thing to say, you know, (laughs) Um, which I love because my sun signs in the eighth house. I was like, yeah, let's do it. I love it. Eighth house also rules sex and intimacy. So think about like it builds off the seventh house, the seventh house, you have the partnership, but then the eighth house is where you have that deep intimacy and sex. And it's also... This house also rules power struggles. So this is also a house where we could see like sex workers because think about it's exchanging sex for money. It's like more of a power struggle type thing. Mm -hmm. It can also be very intimate. The eighth house also rules uh, taxes and bankruptcy and inheritance and like wide swings in money. It's like, I'm bankrupt and now I'm a billionaire type house.
0: Interesting. Investments.
1: Um, And then we'll go on to the next house, which is the ninth house. So the ninth house is most traditionally associated with Sagittarius. So this house rules long distance travel. It rules higher learning. It's the house of God. It's the house of like, like me, uh, the way I think of astrology and how it can change your life. Like, and it brings me faith is like a ninth house thing because the house of faith of God of like what you put your belief systems into in order to like move forward and shoot your arrow and achieve your direction in life. Um, It's the house of opportunities. It's the house of publishing. So if you're like a published author, like you might have a lot of ninth house things. It's the house of wanting to experience a lot of things for the sake of that higher learning. It's like embodiment of the higher knowledge. Okay, so the next house is the 10th house. So the 10th house is traditionally associated with Capricorn. So this is like your career, your legacy, the goals you want to achieve. It's how you're seen in the public eye. It's like literally how you want to perceive after uh, after you're dead. It's like if you have a lot of uh, 10th house placements or a lot of Capricorn, like you want to leave something on this planet that people can see and remember you by and know that you were associated with this after you were dead. Um, it's the house where we set like our, our practical goals where we're willing to like climb the mountain and do whatever it takes to reach that career success. Mm. Um, the 10th house is also can be associated with the father. And I think I wa- I didn't mention this in the fourth house. The fourth house can be associated with the mother. The 10th house can be associated with the father. I also said the fifth house could be associated with the father. That's true too. Um, but usually depending on whichever Parent. So if your father stayed home and took care of you, he would be in the fourth house. If your mom was the one out working in the world and like making the bacon, she's in the 10th house. But traditionally, like, you know, now women are getting out more. So traditionally, it was the father's the 10th house and the mom's the fourth house, but we see it. We see it in other ways these days in more yeah. modern times. Um, The 11th house. So the 11th house is associated with Aquarius. It rules your hopes, dreams, wishes to better humanity. It's the area of life where our friendships, our networks, our groups were associated with. But it's not in like that deep intimacy way of the 8th house. It can be detached from the friends. It's like, I want friends and I want a better humanity, but I'm not you and we don't need to like go into that depth. It's more of like just um, one-off friendships, your networks. Um, what Oh, 11th house can also rule astrology because it's futuristic, like scientific, like new inventions. It also rules technology. So we're about to move into Pluto and Aquarius, which is Pluto, uh, is a lot of power struggles and death and rebirth and transformation. And Aquarius is like technology and advancements. And we see all this technology coming out. I can only imagine where technology is gonna go in the next 20 years, like with Aquarius going into Pluto, like it's gonna blow all our minds. We're not even gonna know what's what's happening anymore, basically, um, is what I'm predicting. Um, and then lastly, we have the 12th house. So the 12th house is most socially, um, closely associated with Pisces um and it's the most elusive house it's the house of um hidden knowledge of the unseen of karmic endings it can be a malefic house where things will come out of the blue that you didn't even know were in your life before and like completely cause this like karmic ending for you like this crisis or this karmic ending we're like oh my god now that's over um it's like healing from your past so think about like karma that runs within families and then like something happens out of the blue and now you have a chance to heal it. Mm. It also rules your unconscious. um, But the 12th house can also rule like spirituality and retreating and hospitals and jail and um, being by yourself a lot and being connected to the collective consciousness and really being connected to what you can't see in this world. But it's also like where your hidden gifts can come out of. Because, um, like, think about a person who might have a lot of 12 house placements, they're very connected to the collective consciousness, if they've done a lot of work, they likely have like honed a lot of their psychic gifts and can like be very gifted in a certain way in like a, in like a hidden knowledge way and like a, we didn't even know this type of gift existed way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, and so Pluto, because I don't know much about the planets. So what is Pluto in the 12th house?
1: Oh God. Uh, So the 12th house can also rule mental health. Okay. So if you have Pluto in the 12th house, this could be like, I'm not going to say this is like an easy placement. Like this is, you're going to probably go through like a lot of intense transformation within your mental health. Like a lot of deep, intense karmic endings. Um, It is like you, and it's almost like, Um, You could have had power struggles within like your relationships with people who have mental health or maybe power struggles from you having mental health and people putting you in a certain place. I don't know if I don't know if Britney Spears has her Pluto in the 12th house, but I would imagine kind of like that situation, like that power struggle, you know, you know, like that that I'm talking about, like to me, I could see that being a Pluto in the 12th house thing um it doesn't mean that you're crazy it could also mean that you had to literally like your family had like a weird upbringing there was a lot of trauma there and you were the one who had to heal it all you know sounds about right
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah sounds about right
1: 12th house also rules addictions and uh escapism too so
0: it's interesting yeah you know my, which I've shared on the podcast a little bit, but not actually as much as I probably down the line will about personal journey. But you know, I had a pretty traumatic and very um not ordinary childhood um, that was also covered in this like secrecy in my family. So there was some a lot. And when I started coming into like my healing, there was just so much on a mental level that I was like wow, like this is a lot. And um, it has, you know, it's it's one thing that I'm very proud of is that addiction has run in my family. And like that train stopped with me, you know, mental health and not being in control of emotions also is a thing. And I'm like, that also stops with me. <laughs> so there's been a lot in that, um, yeah, mental kind of arena that I've That's been my work, you know, and it's what I help bring people through now, too, is like, let's move through all of this density, you know, all of these patterns that don't serve you right wherever they've come from. And let's move forward. And I know I feel strength in that because that has been my journey. So that makes a lot of sense that that's what that is.
1: I just got like chills when you said that, because that is so Pluto rules obsessions too. Like you'll be obsessed in that area of life. It's like, cause you need to fucking do it. Like you're, you're going to do it no matter what type thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's also interesting. Cause you said there's a lot of secrecy and Scorpio is a very, like, so you learned to be secret, secretive, but also uh, the 12th house can also rule
0: secrets. So makes sense. Yeah. This was super, super informative. I am like so excited to hear the feedback. Please drop comments, y'all, and feedback on all that you learned today or any questions that you might have for Rachel. Um, I'd love for you as we're kind of like closing out the episode for you to share offers that you've got coming up, anything that how can people reach you? How can they connect to you?
1: Yeah, so come join me on my Instagram for now at Rachel underscore Veritimos. I'm in the process of launching my YouTube. So a lot of this, you know how I said about to to YouTube University, you can start to come to my YouTube University soon. Yes. Um, I'm launching it in 2024. I've been like gathering all the pieces right now. But uh, so that's a thing. Um, but also if you go to my Instagram, you can either book a reading with me to just do like a deep dive reading. And we could literally just do a general reading. We can go into so many different areas of your life and transits, all of those things. Um, and then I also do one-on-one astrology coaching. So literally that would look like me giving you a reading. And then we work together for six months. And I'm basically like your in-pocket personalized astrologer who helps you work through things on a daily basis or whenever you need it. Um, and we do like a typical coaching container and then obviously like Voxer support, which you might do too, because yes. a lot of coaches use the Voxers. support. <laughs>
0: I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much. Are there any like closing anything that you want to share before we close up today? Mm.
1: One last thing I want to share is I truly believe like you were meant to be here to shine your ray. That's what I call it, like shine your ray astrology. And a ray of light is like beaming and it's bright and it's the highest vibration. And you, if you're feeling stuck or down or low, know that these are all opportunities for you to shine your ray. Um, And I just want everyone to know that, that you are never stuck in a low place. Like A low place is always an opportunity. And I think astrology is really great at teaching us that.
0: Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your magic and your wealth of knowledge. Please, y'all, go check out her Instagram. We'll also post any other relevant links down below so you can connect with her in session if that feels aligned. Rachel, I adore you. We'll definitely have to do this again soon. Maybe we'll get more into, like, forecast stuff next time coming into 24. That would be really fun. For all of you listening, if you are new to the channel, thank you for being here. Please like and subscribe, and we will see you next week. Bye, y'all.